Thank you. It's our monthly sit-down with Nebraska Athletic Director Trev Albert. So uh, glad to have him here for the next 60 minutes. If you want to be a part of it, 402-413-2400. You can call. You can fire off a text. If you're watching us on our YouTube channel, you can certainly uh, fire off a, a question in that chat. We'll pass those along to Trev, who, by the way, came floating through the door. I think he's on cloud nine. <laughs> what a great weekend, huh? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, I had had a chance to talk to a few donors and university staff and our coaches and uh, – you know, we were all kind of talking about it. it's been a long time since we had a weekend like that. Yeah. That level of excitement and, uh, you know, just uh, just so proud of our coaches and student athletes. And, and then all of the people behind the scenes. You know, I don't think the average person probably understands the Herculean effort it is. You know, you're putting on a football game like that and then you're going to rush down to the Devaney Center and try to put on that type of an environment. Um, really a special weekend and uh, good momentum. And uh, now we've got to keep it going. All the even the yellow coat volunteers, a lot of them did both games Saturday for you as well. It, it was a long day, and um, again, it, that's the kind of commitment and uh, support that we get. Fans that were uh, leaving the football stadium, trying to find their way down to the Devaney Center, and and uh, so that kind of support, man, we feel it. The fans, our staff, everybody pulling together, working together. That's when Nebraska's at its best. You know, when we have a unity of purpose and uh, everybody's fighting for the end, um, we got a chance to do special things and. Uh, and that happened this last weekend. It was really remarkable. Football knocks off Northwestern then that night. Number one versus number two. That's special regardless of the sport to get two of the best teams in the country. And my goodness, did that match live up to that. <laughs> it was a tremendous athletic match. Yeah, it really was. You know, at the uh, Big Ten meetings that week prior, um, uh, Francois uh, made a presentation. He runs the Big Ten Network to all the ADs and senior women's administrators. And he was talking about that day on Saturday. There was a football game at 11. He said, we have Nebraska and Northwestern. He said, quite frankly, we believe for the first time we're going to have a women's sporting event on that day that's going to outrate football games. And that, that actually yeah. happened. Um, it was that compelling of a match. And I'll tell you, um, had a chance to talk to, to Kelly, Wisconsin's coach, mm-hmm. at the end of the game, and a lot of respect for him and their program. And I know John has a lot of respect for that program, too. But, you know, what an amazing environment, number one. What an amazing effort by both teams. I mean, that was a heavyweight battle, you know, just back and forth. Um, and I, gotta, I don't normally like to do this because – but the way Harper Murray responded in that fifth set, um, I'll tell you what. I mean, to me, that's what makes sports so special. You know, sometimes we get knocked down in life and you have adversity and then you just get another chance and you just keep fighting. And to watch her and the rest of our team find a way in that fifth set, um, I'm not going to forget that match for a long, long time. Her head coach challenged her after the fourth set and she responded. Well, time. that's what I heard. And um, I'll tell you... Champions respond like champions, and um, you know, um, I. That's why I said I. I have, it's one thing to see that happen out of a fourth, third, or fourth year player, right, or even a fifth year after a red shirt. These are true freshmen. To watch the poise that these young ladies have in this most environment, you know, incredible environment, and I. And I hadn't really thought of this, but a colleague said, you know, it's really probably as a result of some of the high level of competition that those players. I mean, they've been playing junior national teams. They've been playing these types of high pressure situations prior to the arrival here, but uh, uh, the job that Coach Cook and our staff have done with this program is it's just hard to define. Uh, but I, And I've said this before on this show, remember, we just can't take for granted what's happening in our volleyball program. Enjoy it. Soak it up. Respect it. Admire it. Uh, because there's no guarantee tomorrow uh, that it's going to be like this. But um, 
awful lot of fun to watch. We need to get a picture of him wearing that cowboy hat and put it <laughs> like in the entrance of the Devaney Center when people walk in. That was a wonderful setting to see that at the end of the match. It really was, you know, and, and to see the way that the students embrace Coach Cook uh, and our entire uh, students uh, on our volleyball programs is really, really remarkable. So, yeah, it, you know, I think even John is starting to have a little fun. You know, I mean, you got you got to be that tough coach who's demanding excellence and demanding the standard. But uh, uh, you think about this season and and what he and our team have have accomplished together, and starting with that outdoor event, um, it just feels like some of that momentum has kind of carried a little bit. And then to culminate in the Devaney Center, one versus two, I uh, um, yeah. Um, Pretty fun and special to see John really enjoying it at this point in his career. You've known him a long time. Jordan Larson was in earlier in the week with Jessica to re- record the dig, the podcast, and she asked Jordan, could she believe that Coach Cook went and interacted with the student section after that match? Would he have done that when she played? She said, heck no. If we got a smile out of John, this would have been 2000, 2007 or eight. She goes, we thought that was doing well. He's evolved. And I think yeah. the great ones evolve, don't they, through time? Well, I think so. I mean, I think part of it's naturally. I mean, I, I'm 53 now. I'm a little different than I was when I was 36, you know. But I think so. I think some hopefully some wisdom and things set in. But, you know, I think John recognizes he has a special team. I mean, you watch that match. I mean, we, we, we were dominant in the first set. And then, you know, hey, not so good, right? And you're starting to wonder, wow, is this going to be over in four? And just to, uh, I don't know how you wouldn't have just an enormous sense of pride um, to see what those young ladies accomplished together. So, yeah, I see John, uh, you know, all coach, the great ones do it. They understand. They, they look at their team. Every, the way you coach this team is probably different than the way you coached a team three years ago. I mean, you have to under, that's what makes coaches great. And I think what Coach Cook is really good at is understanding, you know, what are those levers he needs to pull within those individual and then the team concept. I mean, he has some of the most competitive people that I've ever seen on that team. So that's a different way of leadership and balancing that versus others. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're lucky to have John Cook as our coach is all I can say. You played for a guy that did that, too. He absolutely did. evolved as time went on. He absolutely yeah. did. I mean, uh, times change. He changes. The, the makeup and chemistry of your team changes. I mean, I'll walk, look, at, look at Coach Rule. Look at the adjustments he's had to make this year in terms of injuries and how do you manage through all of that. If you can't adapt and you can't, you know, change, um, you won't last in this profession. And uh, so having a growth mindset for our coaches and administration in today's day and age and all that we're facing is just critically important. The good news of the weekend didn't stop Saturday night. Your soccer team was in Champaign. They beat Illinois on Sunday and walk out of the day as co-champions of the Big Ten. What a year they have had. Well, you know, as I I saw Sarah Weber today at the training table with her nine stitches uh, over her brow on the left side, or maybe I guess it was on her right side. Uh, You know, there's just a toughness and grit about that team, you know, um, equally as as proud. uh, You know, I I know Coach Walker's the same way. I mean, you you look at the progress that 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 program has made in the last couple years. It's truly, I mean, it's, it's almost hard to define. I mean, um, he, he went to work, got a great group of, of young ladies. They created a really close-knit team. Eleanor Dale is, I mean, what does she have, 23 goals on the season now? Leads I mean, the country. Unbelievable. Um, Sammy Hawk and Nett, I mean, they, they, they have a really special team. And uh, so they're going to get to host Ohio State. I'm not, you know, um, it's going to be a little chilly, but our team's tough enough to handle that. And we got a great chance of hosting a first-round NCAA tournament game at Hibner Field, which hasn't happened in a long time. So what a wonderful start for them. And, uh, you know, you can't stop there across the board in, in athletics, all these other programs that are doing great as well. Cross-country's had a really good year. They've got the Big Ten championships coming up, uh, I think, on Friday 
Uh, so we wish them good luck. Rifles number three in the country. How about that? Ohio State and Air Force. Uh, so, you know, Mindy Miles has done a, a young coach that came in, went to work, created a strategy, and all of a sudden we have the third-ranked team in the country in rifle. Special. It is. And your, your swimmers are in the pool. They've started their season. It's kind of, They have a weird calendar. They start in October and end in, like, February, and they're off to a pretty good start. Yeah, I think they're 3-1. I mm-hmm. think they have Kansas coming up. They do. Um, you know, so Pablo does a great job as well. And, and uh, uh, we, just, we just have, a, you know, we have a lot of really high-quality student-athletes. We talk a lot about in competition, but these are young men and young women that are also just killing it in the classroom, graduation success rates, all that kind of stuff. So the effort is to win at everything, and uh, they're doing a great job of it. Good stuff. All right, 402-413-2400. Allison in our chat room on the YouTube chat. Hey, Trev, I'm a junior at the university. I lead <coughs> one of the student sections for volleyball. What are the odds of having one big student section at the Devaney? It's a great question, and, and I'm learning a lot about this, right, uh, uh, and uh, what, what sort of has been put in place in the past. But, but apparently what, what I'm figuring out is I think we're essentially a victim of our own success in a way. And part of this goes back to the transition from the Coliseum over to the Devaney Center. So apparently back at the Coliseum, we had 100 tickets between the band and students. So at the Coliseum, those with floor seats – there weren't any students or band behind them. It was just curtains. So the decision years ago when we made a trip over to the Devaney Center was, again, not to disrupt those. You know, you can't kick out the fans who have um, baseline seats. Is to find a way for the students. And the only natural uh, place for them was in the corners. And so that's the decision. And uh, so we, <laughs> you got a, a facility with 8,500 seats or so and 16,000 uh, uh, demand, um, you're going to have a challenge. And so we have significantly more student uh, tickets today than we had at the Coliseum. But again, that's, that's because of Coach Cook's success and, and the team. Uh, there's just an incredible uh, demand. And so that's part of the challenge we have is, is when we move from the Coliseum over the Devaney, that's how it got set up. And so at this point, it'd be pretty difficult to tell the folks <laughs> who hold tickets in those courtside seats that they're going to be removed and move somewhere else or not have tickets. That's the challenge. It's a good challenge to have, though. Oh, right. <laughs> let me tell you, these are first world problems. Pigeonhole right? more people yeah. into the Devaney yeah. Center. You know, I mean, think about that. I mean, again, that's where part of this is like, let, let's, not, let's not take this for granted. I mean, we have people that are on a waiting list to get to stand and watch the game at the Devaney Center. That's the amount of, of demand that we have. So it's pretty cool. Cole, on our text line for you, Trev, switching back to football, what went into the decision to start off the 2025 season in Indianapolis against Cincinnati? That came out earlier today. We're going to open the season with the Bearcats. Yeah, so a lot to it. Obviously, there's been so much changes. You know, you you look at when these schedules get made. Um, I don't know how many teams were in the Big Ten when these schedules get made. And then COVID really disrupted a lot of things for us. So the Big Ten didn't allow us to play non-conference games. And so... So that game with Cincinnati was canceled. So we had to work with them. Obviously, we had a home and home with them. And uh, so what we didn't want to do is just make a trip up to Cincinnati and not get a return trip here. So um, our team did a really good job. Doug Ewald uh, and our football staff worked with them to try to figure out how do we find a way to make this work. And uh, Cincinnati was amenable to, to looking at some, as far as their home game, some some neutral site opportunities. And um so Lucas Oil uh, was an opportunity. So we, we made the agreement to, to play that, to start the season 
We also made some other slight adjustments, and I'll try to walk through this. It's a little bit confusing. Uh, but previous staff had scheduled a game against uh, University of Louisiana Monroe. That game was going to be later in the season, and, and we were paying them, I think, $1.65 million, uh, which was a pretty steep price. And so we ultimately worked with Northwestern. So here's, here's how this is going to work. We've agreed to pay $850,000 of the $1.6 million. Northwestern's paying the $800,000. Then we picked up Houston Baptist um, for uh, uh, Houston Christian. I'm sorry for 500,000. So we actually are saving 300,000 dollars, moving a previous away game to a neutral site game, and then getting a return trip to Lincoln in 2032 for Cincinnati. So these are a little bit complicated, but I think what you're going to see, Greg, as you move forward in an 18-team Big Ten schedule that's going to be very challenging. You're going to see a different approach in scheduling the non-conference games. Uh, we now in the Big Ten have you know, the capability of playing an FCS team every year. And uh, so we're going to have to be, we're going to have to be careful. Uh, obviously, you look at our 25 schedule, and with the addition of those four schools out west, uh, they're going to be very, very challenging schedules for our coaches. So we're going to have to be smarter about our scheduling. And I think you'll probably see us, you know, uh, maybe have a, a more marquee game, a group of five game, and perhaps an FCS game uh, quite often in the non-conference moving forward. Very good. Now, the last time you were here for your monthly show, we did not have the opponents for the next couple of years in Big Ten yeah. football. That has come out since then. Do you have any timetable in mind when we might see kind of for next fall what that schedule may look like as far as dates and when do you play who? Yeah, we're close. And so that's okay. our constant conversation we're having. Um, unfortunately, tomorrow I'm, I'm, uh, we have an AD meeting and, and I'm not going to be able to be on that, on that call because I'm, I'm presenting in front of business and finance. But uh, we're going to get an update on that. It's not going to be presented tomorrow. But my understanding is that within a couple of weeks we're going to be able to get you know, what is the sequencing of games and what are those dates? That's the goal. I know it's really important to our fans. It's important to us. I mean, we have to make travel arrangements. You know, you're looking at hotels and all those kinds of things. So I promise we will get that out as soon as we possibly can. The Big Ten is doing a really good job. I, I, you know, that whole scheduling thing is not as easy as people think. I mean, we have some philosophies that we're trying to accomplish, right? We, we want every student athlete, if you stay all four years at the University of Nebraska, you ought to get to play in every stadium of every team in the Big Ten. You know, that, that's, that's kind of a, a nice thing to be able to do that. Now, I know with the transfer portal and other things, that sometimes becomes a moot point. But, you know, you're, you're trying to make it fair and equitable. Um, it's hard. You can't look at these schedules in a one-year window. You have to look at them over time. I think it was smart for us to, to release four or five years of it so people can see, hey, wait, man, 25 looks, but you get a little bit of a break here. Um, so I, th I thought the process the Big Ten went through to establish a schedule was really, really good. And, uh, and you're eliminating divisions. It makes it even more challenging. So, and then you're protecting rivalries, all of those kinds of things. I'm pleased with it, but now we've got to get the dates and the sequencing of when those opponents are. We'll get it soon. Wedding planners across the state are waiting anxiously for those dates. I know. I get a lot of emails and uh, <laughs> asking me to do something. Um, and I'm trying to do something, um, but uh, just a little bit more time, a little bit more patience. Very We're going to get there. Nice. All right, 402-413-2400, the number if you want to be a part of the program with a call or a text. Dorothy Lynch, homestyle light and lean dressing, endless flavorabilities. We have a lot more with Trev coming up next. Welcome back. We're inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, sponsored by Acres, the Midwest premier John Deere dealer, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more acres 
Solutions for every field. It's our athletic director show for the month of October. Trev Alberts with us until the top of the hour, 402-413-2400. The number if you want to fire off a text or call us up. Dr. J and Carney, please ask Trev if the Michigan Spygate will speed up getting audio communication in the quarterback's helmets. You sit on a couple of those committees, competition committee, those type of things. I'm sure that's been a topic. Yeah, it has been a topic, and um, it's it's been interesting how slow it's you know um, the the conversation has gone in a sense. Um, you know, we're, we're huge proponents. I'm a huge proponent of anything we can do to modernize our game to make it better. I mean, let's use technology in a way to ensure fair and equitable approach. Um, so there's wearable technology. I mean, there there's some liability relative to um, helmet. And communication, but but we can uh, overcome that. So you're going to see it. It's coming. I mean, forget all of the, you know, other stuff. At the end of the day, all these signs holding up. I mean, it just looks awkward. I mean, the technology's there. We ought to do it. Steve Shaw, who heads up the uh, rules committee um, for the NCAA, they're actually working. I think we're going to have the opportunity in some bowl games to be able to use it as a pilot program to see how it would operate and, and work can be done in a very cost-efficient way. And quite frankly, um, I think in a sense, it's it's very player-centric in terms of player safety. So everybody knows the play. It can get done, get it moved in and out real quickly. So uh, like Coach Rule, uh, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of, of, you know, including technology. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is there's – you go down to a lot of high schools, big high schools even in Texas, I mean, they're utilizing technology. They're utilizing tablets on the sideline. And so – Obviously, the NFL is doing it. So you get to our game, and suddenly we're taking a step back. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll look hard. We're pushing hard. Um, you're going to see some more modernization like that. Wearable technologies and, and coach-to-player communication will be a part, uh, I think, of college football in the very near future. Very good. All right, let's go to North Bend. And Jason, good evening. Jason, you're up with Trev. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Doing great, Jason. How are you? Not too bad. Hey, question is around season ticket holders. Sure. Um, myself, I've been a season ticket holder for about 10-plus years. Been attending games for 30-plus years. And with the recent talk of doing Memorial Stadium reservations or renovations, just curious what you may do to loyal season ticket holders as the price point stays the same, but you can go online every week and get tickets for a lot less than the ticket of a season ticket holder's pays. That's right. Well, thank you, Jason. I appreciate the call. And, and um, you know, you make a great point, obviously. And, and we're working with our team on that as you we, – we, we don't – I got a draft, frankly, today on some of that. We, we need to make sure that being a season ticket holder carries value, right? Like it, it, it means something to be a season ticket holder. So – I think there's some strategies around that. Obviously, uh, as we continue to make progress in, in the football program, that'll, that'll help things. Um, but again, I, I think there's some ways that you can recognize the loyalty of your season ticket holders, uh, and, and we will look for those. I don't want to go into a lot of details about it, because right now they're ideas, they're options that, that our team uh, uh, and Brandon Meyer, who kind of heads up that external group they've been working on, on ways that we can better uh, honor and, and uh, recognize our loyal season ticket holders. Um, there's some out there. We need to do it. Um, it's hard for us to control those things that are on the secondary market, obviously, um, but it needs, to, it needs to mean something to be a season ticket holder, and we can, we can honor and recognize that. 
In our chat room, Shane wants to know, Trev, if you've thought about moving the Huskers from the east sideline to the west sideline so that they're not looking back into the sun and they get the shade on these hot hot days. Yeah, we, we have. Um, and, um, in fact, it was kind of interesting after the Michigan game, um, um, you know, uh, Coach Harbaugh called me. Um, Jim and I, uh, you know, played together in the Colts and know each other. And he said, hey, I just want to let you know uh, – you really ought to move the team to that other side. He said, you know, it's about 30 to 40 degrees cooler over there than it is on the east side. And I said, Jim, we're well aware. Uh, you know, the fact of the matter is that, um, you know, back in the day, there is more room on that east side. So when we had rosters of 180, 200 players that we were dressing, it just made it easier and Coach Osborne to be able to uh, to physically have the space we need on that east side. But, but Coach Rule wants to be on the west side. We're ultimately going to move the team to the west side. But is part of the whole transition of Memorial Stadium. Rather than doing these slow one-offs, you know, we'd like to have this holistic plan and vision around it. But I would, uh, I would anticipate, yes, the team is going to ultimately move. I mean, it's also odd. You're, you know, the opposing coaches are up in the booth with binoculars staring right down yeah. at your team, looking at your signals and trying to figure out if there's a competitive advantage there. So I don't know if many folks know, but during COVID, when we didn't and weren't allowed to have fans, Scott actually moved the team to the west side. That's right. And so we, we think there's, a, you know, there's, there's good rationale for it, and uh, we'll work with Coach Rule and the football staff, but I would anticipate eventually – uh, the football state, the football team will move over to the west side. Very good. Back to a volleyball question. Trev, is there a possibility volleyball could move some of their higher demand matches to PBA to accommodate more fans? Yeah, it's a great question. We, we, we get that quite often, you know, and, and I don't want to speak for Coach Cook, but it's been a – generally it's been his belief and his desire to stay at the Devaney Center. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a home court advantage for our team. The team plays there. This may sound um, – a little bit interesting to fans, but the ball does move differently uh, in places like Pinnacle Bank than it would you know, in a larger venue. Um, I'm not suggesting that, that that would never happen, but right now Coach Cook seems really content. And you talk about honoring season ticket holders and, and showing value in a sense, not unlike the caller that uh, you know, Jason pointed out for football. Um, you know, Being a season ticket holder at the Devaney Center is a, a really special honor right now. And uh, being able to honor that is, is important too. But I also understand the, the opportunity um, to, to increase our fan base. So we'll, we'll, we'll continue communicating with Coach Cook about that. There is that opportunity. Obviously, there's a cost uh, potentially to the rental at Pinnacle Bank. There's not at Devaney. We own that facility. So there are a lot of different factors that go into it. We've had several questions about is there any talk about putting high-speed cameras in the Devaney Center and maybe that sport getting – inline technology like tennis does where they it's not actual human saying whether a ball is in or out it's technology that you that may not be a committee you're a part of volleyball <laughs> rules well, and regs well it hasn't um, it hasn't made it yet to um to the any committees that the i'm ADs. on uh, or the ad's um, quite frankly it is a it is a very big topic of conversation um in the big 10 for all of our sports and uh, part of the challenge is is each school you know, has different relationships. We've got schools coming in from the West Coast that might have relationship with different vendors. So we, uh, we are going to have some, we've got to eliminate the fragmentation in these types of areas, use technology to our advantage. And I think there is some uh, emerging technology in all these spaces that will probably impact all of our programs. Very good. Let's uh, head to the phones. Husker Dan up in West Point. You're on with Trev. Good evening. Hey, gentlemen. How are you doing tonight? 
Great, Dan. How are you? Good. I'm very good. Thank you. It was a great Husker weekend. And Trev, you know, just going back before you were hired, I just I just want to make a comment and uh, and just. I seen the writing on the wall. It, I, the light at the end of the tunnel. I, when you were hired at UNO, I told everybody that you're you're being groomed to come to UNL, and I was uh, was actually right. So I can't be more appreciative of you being here. And you know, at, at some time or some point of my life, I have a Runza. Husker poster of you all bloodied in uniform that I would just love to have you autograph and hopefully someday I can get that chance and my shout out tonight is for you and for all the work that you do that goes unscathed that nobody ever tells you that it's just a big thank you for you to be a Husker and and to, to and to just do everything behind the scenes and stuff that nobody really thanks you for and and, and that's what I'm doing tonight. Thank you. Well, Husker Dan, you're a um, a kind man, and I will I promise you if you we'll get your information from our team here, and and uh, I'll I'll get that done. Yeah, would you guys? Let's um let's get his information. I'm happy to meet him somewhere, and and uh, Dan, I know he's a big he comes yeah. to football, and he's also a baseball season ticket holder. Yeah, we'll so. we'll take care of that, but I I I really do want to thank you, and and I'll say, um, and I mean this sincerely, uh, I'm the one who sits here in front of the microphone with Greg, but the thing that is absolutely true, and you know this, Greg. We have an amazing team here. I'm not doing this. Like, you know, I get credit uh, where, when I don't deserve it. The, the fact of the matter is we have so many wonderful people that love that end more than people know, and they love serving young people. And um, it just feels so good to be a part of a group of people. You know, I, I was telling our head coaches, we had a head coaches meeting the other day, and I, I told them what, what, what just meant so much to me was watching football players and football recruits going and supporting another sport in such a big way. And, you know, Amy Williams tweeting about the soccer success. And so when you know you got something working well is when it isn't just about you and your sport. It's like the Husker family. And like I said, you know, I mean, the unity of purpose is a powerful thing. And this has been a place previously that when we were all rowing in the same direction, this place is unstoppable. We win championships. And if we allow the pettiness or ego or insecurities to infiltrate, that's when we're not at our best. And uh, I'm just telling you, you know, people don't know how many wonderful people that work in this department. You don't know their name, but they do it for their love of Nebraska and their love of, of helping young people. And I just get a chance to work alongside of um, I'm the one who sits in here. But I appreciate that. But, Husker Dan, what you're saying is a real compliment to our staff is what you're saying. And thank you. I want to hear more about this runs a poster. Was this like a senior poster? That no, they well, no, it's a, yeah, no, it's a, um, it was that poster after the Florida State game. Okay. So I did a, a little, this is, you, you know, back in the day. This I, is pre-NIL. Yeah. Uh, I, I was not allowed to uh, monetize my name, image, and likeness. 
I was able to monetize my name, image, and likeness the day after my eligibility expired. And uh, so that, that, that's what that was about. Very good. Dan, appreciate the phone call. I called us up on our Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline. They are your trusted auto partner, 20 brands, 20 convenient sales and service locations. We're making car buying on your terms. Visit us online at woodhouse.com. 402-413-2400. More with Trev coming up. We're back inside our... Acres Broadcast Center. Acres is the Midwest premier John Deere dealer supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more Acres solutions for every field. 402-413-2400, the number if you want to be a part of the program with a call or a text back on our text line. Trev, I know the TV revenue is great and necessary, but the ever-growing number and length of TV timeouts makes the watching of the game in the stadium very boring, sometimes difficult. At some point, it's going to diminish people's interest in purchasing tickets and affects the flow of the game? Is there ever going to be some pushback? There is already pushback, and it's a great question, and it's a great observation, and quite frankly, it's an observation that's not been lost on all of us, including our commissioner. Um, You really get a sense the flow of the game is being disrupted, and so I want to clear up a couple things. Um, First of all, there are not additional media. So, so as we made some of these rule changes, uh, the effort was not necessarily to reduce the length of the game to fit into a TV window while it may look like that. The effort was to, when we changed some of those rules about the clock, you know, until the two minutes left and a half in the end uh, after a first down, we, we were trying to remove a few plays in the game because some of the health things are the repeated the rep- hits. And so five, and we have, we've been successful in removing five to six plays or something like that in the game. But that didn't create new inventory for television. That was not what the effort was. But what happens is, and I've tried to learn a little bit more about this. So what the challenge the networks have is, is as let's just say we go on a, and a lot of our teams are now playing like this. We, we, you know, it's, it's these long drives of eight, nine play drives and, and the networks have to get these breaks in. And so they look at it and they go, well, they get behind immediately. And so you'll have a break. Score touchdown, you have a commercial, kick an extra point, another three-minute commercial, and it is just dead. And that's the flow of the game that we got to fix. So there are some solutions, and, you know, I'm not saying we're doing this immediately, but, you know, we need to look at some things. I mean, why does the NFL have a two-minute warning at the end of the first half and at the end of the game? Well, in large part, if a network knew they had two minutes guaranteed at that time, that actually helps your flow of the game because they don't have to bank stuff at the beginning because they're worried they won't you know, get it made up. Yep. So these are very valid points. Um, this is the type of stuff that our game needs to continue to modernize and think about because the fans aren't wrong. Um, you know, the, com- the constant disruption. I'll often throw in, you know, the replays. I mean, it's important we get these plays right. But can we be more efficient in the replay? Can we be quicker? Can we... And uh, I, I think you're going to see an effort around college football to do some of that. We've got to do that. It's got to be more fan-friendly. And um, what was pointed out has been noticed by a lot of people. To further your point, last week's game with Northwestern was 2 hours and 50. I've got the box score. It was under 3 minutes. 2.59. Yep. There was one replay review. Yeah. Well, that saves probably 10 minutes because yeah. we only had one instead of five or something like that. It does, um, but but even within that, I mean, even even um, how we're placing the ball or how quickly we can get to, you know, fall start number sixty-two. I mean, I've watched some NFL games and like there's a penalty and it's like immediately white hat fit, and and then sometimes it feels like well we're huddling up and spending three minutes figuring out. And so I don't know, um, can we, 
you know, can we be more efficient in some of that? So, um, but flow of the game is really, really important. The actual number of plays on the field is important to our fans, and we'll work on it. Great question. All right, before we go to the next break, big weekend here on campus, homecoming, a lot of activities going on on campus, and a busy Friday here because you're going to induct your next class of the Nebraska Athletics Hall of Fame, and it is a terrific class, including the former teammate of yours and Tommy Frazier. Uh, Tommy Frazier? Remember him? No, um, really happy for Tommy. You know, he, uh, we, we had a chance to, to call the honorees, and I'll tell you, the reality is, is getting into the Nebraska Athletics Hall of Fame is about as hard or harder than a lot of these Hall of Fames. Um, and so you look across the list. I mean, Laurie Endicott, uh, one of the just all-time great volleyball players. Tolly Thompson, uh, just great an rest. incredible wrestler. Uh, Gary Pepin, I mean, come on. How many national championships did that guy win? So, you know, just across the board, um, incredible athletes. Uh, Emily Parsons in gymnastics, Brittany Timko in, in soccer. So just going to be a real honor uh, to get to honor them and, I always say this, and I probably will again on Friday, but, like, this is what this place can produce. You know, it can produce, many would say, you know, Tommy Frazier is among the best college football players to ever play the game. Uh, you know, you could argue that Gary Pepin's among the best college track and field coaches that's ever coached. Um, so just a, a real honor to get to honor them, and, and we'll do it right. And uh, get to spend some time with them. And Tommy's been a great friend and uh, a great ambassador. I texted him right after, uh, I think he was on the Big Ten tailgate show uh, this past weekend, did an, an outstanding job. So all of them have gone on, have represented Nebraska so well, uh, successful folks, and uh, uh, just going to be a lot of fun. Brittany Timko played in the World Cup. How about that? I mean, that that's amazing? what I'm saying. You kind of forget Incredible. the people that have played here, what they've gone on yeah. to do, and, and how they've represented our state. And... Uh, Fantastic. Special people. Fantastic. Good stuff. All right, need to step aside, get a break in. Folks, buckle up, put that phone down. It's a reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Final thought or two from Trev coming up. Woodhouse Auto Family, your trusted auto partner. 20 brands, 20 convenient sales and service locations. We're making car buying on your terms. Visit us online at woodhouse.com. Have Halloween coming up in a week. And then in November, I love this day in football for the pregame show veterans day you honor the military play the four different branches and their songs you've got a lot of fun things planned for and really appropriate things planned for veterans day and military appreciation coming up not only football but i think you're gonna do some stuff in volleyball too yeah we are you know the team uh, we, we get a lot of feedback from our fans uh, about how they appreciate that they appreciate that we honor we've been doing some of that with agriculture as well and we've also gotten mm -hmm. positive feedback on that but um Really, really important to us, and we've uh, we've got about a thousand tickets out to active military. Uh, we really want to honor. We're just so grateful to everybody who. I mean, look at our world today. This is a you know, there's a lot of challenges across our globe, and for the men and women who choose voluntarily to serve, uh, to protect us and to uh, protect our freedoms every day, it's uh, it's an honor to get to to recognize them and and to lift them up. So. Our team works really hard on that. Again, our marketing department works hard on, um, you know, properly honoring them. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, they do it right. I don't have all the details, and purposely I don't have it because I'd like to just kind of experience it like our fans. But uh, I think folks are going to be really excited about seeing, you know, how we honor uh, active military in both of those venues. Yeah, it's one of my favorite pregame shows of the year. If you like big flags, that'll be at the uh, – uh, 
Love at it. the football stadium. And so love that. November also means your winter sports start. Wrestling looks like they're going to be really good. Men's and women's basketball have exhibition games Sunday at PBA. And I think they're both encouraged about the upcoming year. Well, um, I'm still learning about the Ken Palm stuff. You and I talked about this before, but I think that was one of the highest preseason rankings that, that we've had. Um, Fred's really excited about his team. Um, he, uh, I think he's kind of well, – first of all, I think uh, the, the staff additions that he's made has really been uh, been really good. He's really proud of that. They've got some uh, – they've got a good vision. But, again, just bringing in some young men that has some toughness and some grit. And uh, we talk about it all the time, you know. We don't have to win every game here, but man, put a team out there that our fans identify with. Uh, you know, I feel so bad for Allison Widener. Uh, I love that young lady. I feel I hurt for her, just like the football players who who've, uh, are out for the year and injured. But the game, he's got a really good team as well. Um, so I'm just excited across the board about all of our sports. One of our young men just won a bronze medal from wrestling. Brock Hardy. Brock Hardy. Yeah. Um, you know, we got um, Mark Manning's got a squad. So, and they're young. So this this is a this is going to be a special year across the board for Husker athletics, and it's just going to be fun to watch. Enjoy the ride, everybody. Enjoy, enjoy the, ride. the ride. Thank you, Trev. Thank you, sir.